Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, and I am joined by Mary Meyer, horticultural science faculty member at the U of M, extension horticulturist, and a friend of ours for, uh, boy, how many years have we been doing this, Mary? Eight. We're, wow. we're in eight going on nine now. So, yes. Lots great. of fun and lots of information. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question you want to talk uh, with Mary or send Mary a text, same number applies. Let me give you that uh, number and then uh, we'll get on with it. 651-989-9226. Yes, we talk lawns and gardens 52 weeks a year. Because that's what people in CCOLand want to talk about, no matter the season. Am I right? That's exactly right. People are remembering things from their garden right now, thinking about things. A lot of seed catalogs coming in the mail. Uh, people have made New Year's resolutions. We've got that on our Yard and Garden uh, newsletter uh, blog that anyone can subscribe to or go to and look at what uh, we as uh, professional horticulturists are thinking about doing for this year. So like a lot of gardeners, I mean, you're the same. You, you, you oh, think yes. in the depth right. of winter, you right. think about, and I, I have to bring up the weather because I'm thinking of how, what, what, and you and I talk about the damage, among other things, that the boxwood suffered last year. And we're hoping that doesn't happen again. Yes. It's looking good. It because is. Because most boxwood is under the snow where it should be this time of year. And That's and, helped and, a lot. And it's not sub-zero temperatures either. Exactly. So we've got two. This, this is usually our coldest time yeah. of the year. And so we're really lucky not to have uh, the winter temperatures that will be damaging for our plants. So hopefully uh, we won't lose our snow cover and get sub-zero. Oof. Later in the year. I hope so, too. That's right. Uh, yeah. Call it. If you have any, we can talk about indoor plants if you have a question for Mary. Uh, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, 651-989-9226. And it's still January, which means it's still free admission at the Arboretum. At the Arboretum, yes. So this is the last weekend for free admission to the Arboretum. You can go out there, take a walk around, uh, look at the plants in winter. There's a lot of activity going on at the Arboretum because um, next Friday, January 31st, is our preview party for the flower show. So they're setting up now for the flower show that will be the whole month of February. You can sign up for teas during the month of February. Um, the The flower show will be, it's a free with admission flower show. There's going to be uh, Donna Rice and glass sculpture with her art for sale. Uh, there's going to be a conservatory uh, inside the Great Hall, as well as our traditional conservatory. I took a picture of a giant amaryllis. You just showed that to me. How tall yeah, would you say that is? That amaryllis is uh, three to four, four feet tall. It's a huge amaryllis. And beautiful. And the, the flowers on it, I put my hand in front of the blooms. I spread my fingers as far apart as possible, and the blooms were still bigger than my wow. hand. So that's blooming in our conservatory now. But you'll see 
wonderful flowers um, throughout the building for the month of February. So that's, you know, you can go free for this last week. And then uh, members, of course, are always free. But uh, the flower show is the month of February. All right. At the oh, Arboretum. That, that was a Great. gorgeous now, what, what exactly did you bring us? What kind of marmalade is that? Oh, gee, I picked my Calamondan oranges. I picked 161 oranges this year off that tree. How um, many? 161. Now, also, you, I'm not inviting people to my house, of course, <laughs> to see my Calamondan. But at the Arboretum in the conservatory, there is a calamondin filled with oranges because this is the season for citrus to ripen in the dead of winter. And my grandkids and I picked 161 wow. calamondin oranges. I made four, four or five pints of orange marmalade. This is a big, a big harvest a, this year. A labor of love. <laughs> yes, wow. I, I've tried to keep track of this. I have harvested over a hundred before, but 161 is now the top, the top. But what uh, a fun limit. thing to do with your grandkids. That's yes, great. yeah, it's a lot of fun. They they tried squeezing them. They tried eating them. These are bitter oranges. They're really really tart, which is good for marmalade. Marmalade is tart. Isn't yes, it? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's can't tart, wait so, to try it. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. You can you can grow oranges in Minnesota, but the uh, Calamondin's the easy one. To it is. Okay, yeah. I did not know that. Right. All right, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, 651-989-9226. We're getting calls. We're getting text messages like this text, Mary. Can you talk about growing microgreens? What's that? Yeah, microgreens are tiny, tiny little plants grown from seed and eaten when they're about... Well, less than four inches tall, usually around two inches tall. And usually these are uh, lettuces or uh, plants in the brassica or cabbage family. And we eat them as they they uh, germinate and grow as seedlings. Now, it's different than sprouts, which are often eaten the whole uh, seed and root and top. These are just, you just eat the tops. So they're tiny little greens and you eat the tops. You know, I haven't seen them now for a while. You used to see them in the grocery store in a little uh, bubble pack for sale, microgreens. They are really easy to grow. So if you just uh, – we have some information on that on the Yard and Garden News and the Extension website. I've done that with students before growing uh, microgreens. You basically s- sow the seed really thick. And then uh, cut it off with scissors just to eat the tops. Oh, so okay. you can definitely do that. Uh, you don't really need uh, supplemental lighting to do it because as soon as they germinate and get two inches, you eat them. So it isn't a long-term proposition. In fact, in, it only takes a couple of weeks to have an edible crop. So which you don't is have amazing. to be real patient for that. Then. No, no. And uh, but you buying seed that's especially for microgreens. Um, Lettuces, brassica, the beets are often grown like that, and kale, right? Okay. Very good. Let's uh, go to the phones, Mary uh, Garnett, calling from Mapleton, I believe. Good morning. You're on with Mary. Hi, Mary. Good morning. Say, I was wondering about my twisted stem hibiscus tree. I brought it in, and oh, probably at the end of October, November, I trimmed it back after it bloomed some, and now it's growing just wild. Can I cut it back another time? Yes, you can. You can. In fact, pinching or taking off the top uh, uh, inch or two or even 
three, four inches at the tips will increase the side shoots to come out. So, yes, um, kind of a, what did you, what did you call it, a wild looking? <laughs> That's a good description. A hibiscus is easy to grow and uh, a great indoor plant, and then you put it outside again this summer. Okay, uh, we have to break a real fast break. So, Linda, you're going to be next on the phone. Uh, or send a text, same number, 651-989-9226. Are there any fruits out there, texter wants to know, that taste like a banana but do not have the potassium? Oh, gosh. I have no idea. I really idea. have no idea. Right. We'll have to Google that. I'd have that. to look that up. <laughs> That's a good question for a nutritionist. I don't know that answer at all. I thought he was going to say uh, other fruits than a banana that taste like a banana that you can grow up here. But um, not the case. <laughs> not the case. We'll have to do. No. Maybe some nutritionist will call in <laughs> yeah. or text in. We have to take a break. We'll be uh, right back. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, call it in or text in the same number, 651-989-9226. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCU around uh, every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Our friend Mary Meyer is with us from the University of Minnesota, helping you out by phone and by text as usual. And Mary, as usual, we have both. Uh, we promised Linda she'd be next. Linda from uh, White Bear Lake. Linda, uh, good morning. What is your question for Mary? Good morning. Um, I have a question. Yes. Um, growing herbs indoors. I don't have a real sunny window. So if I want to grow them in the winter, do they thrive under a plant light like rosemary and thyme and such? Yes. Yes. If you don't have... Um a bright, sunny south window, I would uh, definitely encourage you to use a grow light, really any kind of light, but the uh, incan uh, uh, fluorescent uh, bulbs are more efficient and don't have as much heat that comes out of them. So, yeah, so the there are a lot of uh, herbs that you can grow. Rosemary is kind of a picky one, although it's certainly worth trying. Uh, thyme is pretty easy. Uh, parsley requires really high light. That's more of an annual. You can try that. But oregano, yes, I'd, I'd buy a variety of them, put them under the lights. Uh, it can be a light in a window as well. So you, whatever light, uh, yeah, good good for you. Good, fun thing to try. Yeah, I should say. Uh, we had it. If you're just joining us, uh, we had a, a text uh, from someone who wanted to know: uh, Is there a fruit out there that tastes like a banana but doesn't have the potassium? Evidently, because maybe some medication you can't right. uh, condition. Now, I was looking up uh, uh, fruits that have less potassium, but still they have some, and which kind of surprised me: berries, strawberries, blueberries, apples, grapefruit, pineapple, cranberries, and cranberry juice. Cauliflower, broccoli, and eggplant are lower in potassium. So there's quite a few. Yeah. yeah. So they're a choice, but they don't taste like a banana. <laughs> that's that's the, uh, the, the, the qualifier there. Right. All right. Uh, Texter says, good morning. How do you get rid of mallow from your yard? It really seems impossible to get rid of in our cabin yard up north. Yes, mallow can be a very pernicious weed. So... Um, many times mowing that, repeatedly mowing it, will get rid of it. Uh, when the person talks about being a cabin, I'm thinking maybe they're not mowing it very often. But that won't survive really low uh, mowing conditions. But otherwise, one of the broadleaf weed killers that has two or more active ingredients should uh, do that. You could do that in the spring when it's actively growing or again in the fall. 
Uh, the only other thing would be to um, try to exclude the light, completely cover it up with some type of a mulch so that it uh, can't, you know, I'd, I'd scalp the area and then try to cover it up with a mulch. But mallow can be, um, that can be kind of a tough weed. Mm, interesting. So if you want to chat with Mary, it's the same number if you want to send a text, 651-989-9226. There is a line open if you'd like to talk with Mary. Uh, Texter says, I bought a perennial last spring that turned out to have aster yellows. It was in the ground for a few months, had a few feet, or rather, and a few feet from uh, any other plants before I removed it. Would aster yellows persist in the soil around the immediate planting area? Probably not. The only thing is aster yellows is pretty ubiquitous. So um, there tend to be certain plants that really get it quite easily. Echinacea, the uh, purple cone flower is one that gets it a lot. Um, And it just tends to be where it it lives on the plant. So if you get the best thing to do is get rid of the plant, which you did. And uh, hopefully another plant won't get it. We have information on that on the extension.umn.edu website. And there are, there are a long, long list of plants that get aster yellows. It's transmitted by insects. Uh, and so it's, it's pretty ubiquitous. Uh, hopefully you won't get it uh, for a while. Okay. Yep. 651-989-9226. Text, same number. Uh, Speaking of text, I have two mature blue spruce that are losing their needles. I understand this is a sickness. How can I turn this around? Thank you. Well, there are a number of uh, problems with blue spruce, especially when they get to be a mature size. They that's about the getting toward the end of their life expectancy. So I would encourage you to go on the extension.umn.edu website, uh, look up diseases of trees and shrubs. You can find blue spruce there. You can see pictures of leaf diseases. Uh, there are preventative fungicides you can put on. But um, you have to really weigh that with uh, if if uh, you can perhaps remove some of the branches that have the disease on them uh, versus uh, using these as your Christmas tree in the coming years and then planting a different type of tree. So first I try to identify what exactly, which uh, disease problem you have. Now, do you get, you mentioned at the top of the show, do you get a lot of seed catalogs in the mail? Yes. If you order... Um, from one or two companies, then you will get on their list, and they will send you the seed catalogs. Yeah, I usually share them with the the library at the Arboretum or the gardeners out there that are regularly buying. Them. Oh, okay. So yeah, but seed catalogs are the yeah. There's still a lot of mail order business done with the seed catalogs. Of course, you can go online and order these uh, online as well, but it's. Traditionally been really fun to look at those seed catalogs and all the pictures and read the comparative information. Especially in the middle of winter. Yeah, yeah. that's right, in winter. Is it too early? Texter wants to know to prune hackberry and honey locust trees, or when is better? You can do that now. Yes, the dead of the winter, really, That's uh, it's good to prune those. You can see the branch structure. Uh, we've got information on pruning mature trees uh, on our on the extension website. So, yes, this is a good time to do that. Some tree questions are coming our way this morning, Mary. Uh, if I fertilize a mature, healthy tree after it has been trimmed, will it help with new growth? I fertilize my lawn two times per season, leave gla- grass clippings 
on and mulch the leaves in the fall? Would I just be adding unnecessary chemicals? Well, many times the uh, arborists and our tree professionals tell us that uh, fertilizer is not a limiting factor for trees. So I would only consider fertilizing if you've had a soil test and you have a deficiency or if you feel that tree might be under um, under undue stress and that uh, fertilizer might help it to grow. But I, I would get a soil test before I would... Um, use fertilizer on mature trees. As a caller says, is it necessary to use chemicals like this? They're already fertilizing their lawn. Uh, That lawn will compete and take up a lot of the the nutrients. Uh, The tree will get some of that, though. Uh, Leaving your clippings is great because that, again, helps the lawn and can help the tree as well. So I think the best thing to do really is get a soil test. What's the process now? Obviously, we have snow on the ground now, but when we can access the soil, uh, how do we, what do we do? How do we send it? Yes, you can send your soil into the University of Minnesota. You can um, get a package. You can buy a uh, thing to send your soil in, a kit. It tells you how to do it and has a special mailing thing to send your soil in. You can also take it over to the soil testing lab on the St. Paul campus. But all the directions for how to get the soil, how to go around your yard, taking it from several locations and mixing it up, putting it together. You really only need about half a cup of soil for the test, but you want to get a good amount, uh, like maybe more like a quart of soil that you collect or at least a pint or two, and mix that all up so you have a good representative sample that goes in. The cost, I think, is still $17 from the university, and all of that you can find on the website uh, under extension extension.umn.edu, and then search for soil test. Something to do this spring. Yes, and a great thing to do if you haven't done it for uh, five years or so. I think I'm going to do that very thing. Texter wants to know, what is the outlook for Japanese beetles this summer? Summer of 2018, my garden was totally infested. The following winter greatly reduced them to the point that I had none in the summer of 2019. In the summer of 2020, do I dare plant those beautiful annuals again that are susceptible to the beetles? Well, I would try it um, because uh, areas where Japanese beetle has been for many years, uh, they see quite a cyclical um, um, pattern to the insects. Uh, they can be killed by extreme winter conditions, which it hurt our boxwood, it hurt the emerald ash border, and it could have uh, slowed down or eliminated some of the Japanese beetles. It could have been uh, why we didn't have so many last summer. Uh, this summer, you know, we, we don't know yet because we're not done with the winter to know how the winter affected them. But I would give it a try. Uh, We also have great information on the Japanese beetle, the life cycle. And we know that the earlier you can remove these insects from your own yard, the less likely you will have a big infestation. So uh, being... uh, Using some preventative measures early on as they start to come out in late June can help you as well. Good. Texture says this, I'm caring for my father's cactus plant for the winter. It is a smaller one with a bright red flower on top. How should I repot it and how much should I water it? 
Well, I would water it uh, maybe, depending on the size of the pot, maybe once a week is enough when the soil feels dry to the touch and then water it until it drains well out of the bottom again. As far as repotting, you can do that now. Uh, Obviously, you'd get soil from... um, a garden center, a commercial source. You want something that's really lightweight and has a lot of air space in it, uh, cactus-like, really good drainage. So you might find some potting soil specifically for cactus or just really lightweight potting soil you could use as well, something that has a high porosity or um, air ratio that's going to be near the roots. And then just uh, pot it up in a size pot that's Not a huge big jump in size, but I would say the next size pot. Many cactus don't have to have a really big pot. Uh, They'll perform and uh, flower even when they are in a fairly small pot. Okay, very good. Uh, We're going to need to take a quick break here. We'll have a look at that forecast too. Uh, But we do have another half hour of the show to go, so don't wait. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, call it in. Uh, We've cleared the lines now. They're open for you. Or send a text. We have a bunch of those yet. So call in or text in, same number, 651-989-9226 for uh, both phone calls and text messages. Hey, good morning. We are back with our Smart Garden Show here on CCR every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to our friends like Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. We have a bunch of text messages, but we do have an open line if you want to talk uh, with Mary. Make it a little more personal, 651-989-9226. What were the type of oranges you said that you made this marmalade out of? Calamondin. So calamondin is an orange that's only about uh, two inches, one and a half, two inches in diameter. Oh, little ones. It's a tiny little orange. It it that it never gets bigger than that. And I think uh, friends in Florida would be laughing at us because the <laughs> calamondin is kind of a weedy species down there and not really grown. For marmalade, but for some, it's it's a tough little plant, so we can get it to live in the north indoors. For what? <laughs> yeah, it's a tough little but plant. The, the text. The reason I asked that because the text wants to know if there are other uses besides marmalade for it. Uh, probably, you know. I I the thing is, it has a little bit of juice. It has a lot. There are a lot of seeds. There are three to four seeds in each one of these little oranges, uh, um, and more rind than there is flesh in the orange. So if you don't use the rind, you've almost got nothing here. <laughs> I guess. So, so it's got to be a recipe you use the rind for. And uh, yeah, I should look that up. I I really haven't done anything with this other than marmalade, just because it's you got to add almost the equivalent of sugar in. Ratio to I I don't use that much sugar though I use about a cup of sugar to uh, what two pints of the fruit because you said it is off. rather tart it's tart it's very distinctive it's it, it tastes different uh, than an orange is it an acquired taste you <laughs> <could> say <laughs> well if you like marmalade you'll love it oh good yeah you'll love it if you like marmalade all right because yeah, it's just very uh, very tart. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. That's the number to, to use for your phone call or your text. Speaking of phones, let's go back to the phones. Chris is calling from Scandi, I believe. Good morning, Chris. What can we do for you? Well, good morning, Mary. Um, I have a question about. I have a jade plant that I've had for years, and within the last month, I'm noticing that it's starting to shrivel up, and the trunk of it is very squishy. And I'm wondering what the cause of that is. It, I've never had that issue before, and can I bring it back? 
save it. Well, I'm afraid that squishy trunk is really a bad sign. That that really is almost decay going on in there or rotting. So the jade gets a really, really big, um, a big thick trunk. But if if I thought you were going to tell me it's drying out because we see this a lot on older ones where the trunk really will dry out and almost become like a fossil. But squishy means it's. Um, I, I think maybe you've overwatered it. And, of course, that would be really unintentionally. But jade doesn't need much water in the wintertime. And if it does, if you do water it, it has to drain out really well and dry out. Um, if I were you, I would, uh, if it's not too big and old, I would turn it upside down, take the pot off, and examine the roots. And if you don't see any white, actively growing roots, then you know that um, the roots are dying, and that's an issue. You could try repotting it, see how that does. The other thing I do is I take some cuttings of the plant, and I would get those cuttings going from the the tip, some of the younger growth that's on there, and try to regenerate the plant from cuttings. All right. Again, six Good five. Luck. Good, Good luck. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Chris leaves that line open at six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Uh, text says this, my yard is heavily eroded. I plan on, uh, being in, maybe bringing in soil and not being probably bringing in soil in the spring. Is there anything I can put down before or after laying the soil that will help to prevent the soil from re eroding? Yes, you should try erosion blankets. So you can get these at garden centers. They are just matting of straw or mulch material, sometimes with cotton netting in it or a man-made fiber in there, a man-made netting that holds the straw together. And um, these are made specifically to put down on areas to prevent erosion. So I would definitely look into some of those erosion blankets. They come in a number of ways, sometimes rolls, sometimes things that you can spray on. Some have are impregnated with grass seed as well. But try to figure out what's causing your erosion and back up from that area and uh, try to prevent the water from coming down to do, doing the erosion, either through rock or some type of landscape timber or something to stop that and then get some plants in there so that the roots will prevent the soil erosion. Help me with this, Mary. Uh, it's a type of orchid. It looks like the text is spelling it P-H-A-L. Is there such an orchid? Phalaenopsis. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's the moth orchid. That's the kind of big traditional one that we do see a lot. Julie should be here. She's a, she's much better at orchids than I am. I I so they have a question about well, just they have a question about indoor lighting, about in, a useful indoor lighting source and temp requirements for that. Uh, keeping my collection in a room with a skylight and winter temp is fifty five degrees at night, sixty during the day. Any recommendations for that? Uh, if there's a book. Maybe Julie would know. Julie would know. Yeah. I think that sounds a little cool to me. Oh, does it? Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, uh, 55 at mm-hmm. night, boy, I would not go any cooler than that. I'd have to look that up and see if that's really uh, the right temperature. Um, 55 at night might be okay. Uh, 60 may, would make me a little bit more comfortable for those tropicals. 
and um, bright light conditions. They do in our winter. I mean, when have we seen the sun last year? That's true. (laughs) So the winter now, this is deadly for plants, even though Chris called with her jade. I mean, there's... There's some plants just can go only so long with so little light before they really decline. And this texture adds uh, looking forward to upcoming class in February at the Arboretum. Yes, great. There are lots of classes out there at the Arboretum. I know there we've just been having a series on Saturday mornings on plant propagation and rooting cuttings, uh, growing plants from seed. This is one of the really fun things that uh, you can experiment with and create a lot of new plants. If you want to call in your garden, lawn or garden question, or text it, same number, 651-989-9226. Let's go back to the phones. Anne is calling from uh, Otsego, I believe. Hi, Anne. What is your question for Mary? Hi there. I have a beautiful Christmas cactus that blooms at different times of the year. But now the beautiful middle is green and all the outside leaves are red. That red is a sign from uh, it's really getting high light intensity. So it's actually not a bad thing. Sometimes cooler temperatures can bring on that red coloration also with the anthocyanin chemicals will come out. So cooler or bright light conditions will bring that on. It's not a bad sign. Here's a text, Mary, I don't think we've ever had before. What differentiates a fruit from a vegetable? Like I heard a tomato (laughs) is a fruit. Yes, the fruits have seeds. Uh, Vegetables is a vegetative, fleshy part that we eat with no seeds. So a carrot has no seeds inside, so that's a true vegetable. And tomato is really a fruit. So anything that has a seed inside is a fruit. And, of course, we've done our best to get rid of those seeds, like in a banana that has the triploid and the seedless watermelon. We've gotten rid of those, but those are the true fruits. Speaking of bananas, we did, for those joining us late, uh, we uh, did get a text about uh, a a fruit that maybe tastes like a banana but doesn't have the potassium because some people can't have those levels of potassium. Here's one that says the same thing. I love bananas, but I can't have even a piece of one because of the potassium. Must constantly check potassium and sodium at all foods. All foods. Wow. That's, That's really interesting. That kind of reduces your choices, I guess. It does, but as you said, there are uh, uh, berries for the first one. That lower, lower potassium. Low, lower anywhere. potassium, yeah. right. Texter wants to know, where can I purchase an Easter cactus? Can one be ordered online? Well, Easter cactus um, are kind of gangly looking. They have a big, long, more of a... Uh, individual big long leaf that's kind of a cactusy look so we don't see them in the store so much because they are kind of gangly and uh, not so attractive they have a great big flower that's again different from the christmas cactus flower i would look at the garden centers uh, even call some garden centers and ask them maybe they can order one for you i'm sure you can get one through a mail order company uh, with uh, If you Google that, you'll find somebody that's selling it online. But locally, I would try some of our bigger garden centers like Bachman's, Otten Brothers, uh, Dundee. Um, Tonka Dale has a lot of houseplants over on the west side of town. So uh, they, they very likely could be there or they could order it for you. Okay. You know, Mary, as usual, we get a lot of new listeners to the show. And from time to time, you've already done so. 
But let's let's give the website at the U of M and, and some of the things you can really find there if you're looking for Yes, the, the website is extension, E-X-T-E-N-S-I-O-N, extension.umn.edu. And then click on a garden or yard and garden. Uh, we do have a search engine there, and you can find that. Uh, sometimes I just use the Google search engine, but I put extension Minnesota tomato plants. And that will pull in uh, the information from our website as well. But there are many things you can find there. We write regular articles, timely articles, those of us on the, the horticulture staff. And then Julie has done a great job of creating things like a calendar for your lawn when to um, when to what to do when on your lawn. Um, she even has a calendar up there now for Rinsetta and get how to get your poinsettia to rebloom. Uh, if you have one from Christmas, what to do with it for the whole rest of the year. And then we have the caller about the blue spruce. What's wrong with my blue spruce? So you can look at pictures of diseases on blue spruce and figure out which matches with yours as well. And then we have the Ask a Master Gardener link that's there if you want to send um, a text message or email, uh, email uh, anytime. Uh, we have a group of master gardeners who uh, answer questions online. And, and master gardeners are educators. That's what master they do. Master gardeners are educated. A big class now, over 300 people taking the training wow. uh, throughout Minnesota online and in person. January is the training month Yeah, for that program. All right. Yeah, it happens in almost every county in the state and almost every state in the United States. Excellent. Well, I know we have an award-winning uh, website there at the U of M, for sure, with all the good work yes, you guys do. Yes, and it's, it's localized information uh, for Minnesota. Mary, we have to take a quick break, so hang on. Have some of your marmalade, and we'll, <laughs> we'll be right back after this break. We have more show to come, but don't wait. If you do have a uh, lawn or garden question, call it in or text it in, same number, 651-989-9226. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on WCCO. Mary Meyer from the U of M is helping you out today. Uh, 651-989-9226 is the number for the phone calls or text. And we have a bunch of both, Mary, so let's put you back to work here. Marion is calling from St. Paul, I believe. Marion, you're on with Mary. Yes, uh, I am part of the Minnesota Orchid Society, and our show is at Como this weekend, 10 to 4. There's a $5 admission charge, which goes to Como. Marion, thank you for calling and reminding me about this. That is a fabulous show. Is it? And, uh, yes, there's so many beautiful orchids at Como. And as she said, Como is usually free, uh, free will donations there. But for the orchid show, which is well worth it, they do charge a fee. So, yes, I'm sure there are people there. You'll see a lot of phalaenopsis, and there will be people there who can talk to you about orchids as well. But fabulous uh, reminder. Thank you, Marion. Thanks, Marion. Marion leaves that line open at 651-989-9226. David is next, calling from St. Croix Falls, I believe. David, thank you. What can we do for you? Yeah, see, uh, we used to have a lot of mushrooms uh, grown on our property. In the past few years, the number has been going down quite a bit. I think it might have something to do with the buckthorn taking over the area. Is there any connection with that? Um, you know, it very likely could be, David. Mushrooms grow on organic matter in the soil, and different types of organic matter yield different mushrooms. 
And so, yes, if the organic matter in your soil changes and there, there's less diversity there, it very likely could uh, affect the mushroom population. Yeah, unfortunately, buckthorn tends to create a monoculture when you have it. So if possible, I would remove the buckthorn. Uh, if you can pull it out when it's small, you can get the roots and the whole plant rather than cutting it off. It's it's uh, better if you if you can pull it out, but that can only happen when it's small. So good luck with removing the buckthorn. That is really a tough job. It is a tough job. You have to really keep at it. Uh, plant other native plants, our viburnum, dogwoods, things like that, that will grow in the shade in similar conditions. Boy. As I said, I've removed quite a few, but you're right. The smaller, the better, because it doesn't take much to grow a little Mm -hmm. bit, and you can't even yank them out. It's hard. All right, let's see. Who is next here? It would be Jeannie calling for Wasika, I believe. Uh, Jeannie, you're on CCO. Hi, good morning, Mary. Good morning. Mary, I have a question about tapping the maple trees. I'm anxious to get sap, and I know that it's supposed to be above freezing the next couple of days and possibly the next week. Would it hurt the maple trees to tap them this early or to take the taps out if it would get cold again? Well, this is really early. I, I, I kind of doubt there it's going to run uh, just because the uh, we're so still in the dead of winter. Not even February yet. Right. And so um, with the trees in our area and our climate, I, I just don't know if they really will give you much uh, sap this time of year. You know, when it gets into spring, they come and go. It'll run and then it won't run depending on the weather conditions. But uh, in the dead of winter, I don't know. Now, we have Richard DeVries. He manages our sap out at the Arboretum, and you can read on our nature blog how to do it. So I guess you could try it and see what would happen. I just think it probably probably nothing is going to happen. Okay. It's the roots are too cold, and uh, the, the the day length hasn't gotten long enough yet to transition. Wayne in Forest Lake is next up on CCO. Uh, Wayne, you're on with uh, Mary this morning. Thank you. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I normally plant uh, some a bunch of uh, impatience and in bags and hang them on the front of my garage on the north northeast side of the house. They do really well, and lo and behold, about the latter part of the, well, maybe the early part of summer, I see little volunteer impatience growing in my landscape rocks. So my question is, I planted about 100 tulips and daffodils in a little plot this last fall, and, you know, when tulips grow up they, and die, they're kind of unsightly. I was wondering, is it possible to get some impatient seeds and seed in, in amongst those to uh, provide a nice ground cover and some color when, once the tulips die? You could try that, Wayne. Um, I know that uh, my sister has grown impatience from seed, and she has them, the seedlings come up uh, on their own. They tend to be uh, all a similar dark magenta color, so the flower color of seedlings is going to be limited. It's also going to require a moist uh, environment for those seeds to germinate and grow. Impatience like more moisture than tulips do in the summer. Tulips would like to have a dry condition in the summer. So I think, yes, you can get that going there. You could try uh, seeds. 
um, which are fairly expensive. I would encourage you to try to get disease-resistant in patients from that downy mildew, uh, which did devastate a lot of impatience the last few years. But um, that's a fun project to try. Thank you, Wayne. Let's uh, go to St. Paul. Marge is uh, waiting there. Uh, Marge, good morning. You're on CCO. Good morning. I'm calling regarding Christmas cactus. I have three plants, and um, one, two of them are, I started from the original one, which is a very old plant. At any rate, I did not get one bloom on any of my plants this year. So, Marge, it sounds like maybe you have gotten the blooms other years. Christmas cactus will bloom if the day length is short, uh, eight eight to ten hours of light for about a month. Or it will bloom if it's in a really cool place. So the uh, cool temperatures will substitute for the short days. So you have to do one or two of those things. If you did that or if it was in conditions like that, you still didn't get any blooms, I would try some liquid uh, fertilizer. Uh, So half strength in the wintertime is a good rate to use. Texter says this, uh, Mary, I have a large ivy. Can I split this now before spring? It is large and seems very root-bound. Yes, I uh, I would try that. The days are getting longer. Give it as much light as possible. Okay. Yeah. This texture is looking for a good low-light indoor plant. Low-light indoor plants. So the, the, that's how they are grouped when you go to garden centers. You can actually find a lot that will live in low light. So a peace lily is a big one that will live in low light. The new most popular one is called a ZZ plant. So that's the last letter of the alphabet, ZZ. It has big, thick leaves on it. Quite attractive, but um, yeah, so ZZ is another one. Uh, Sansevieria, the mother-in-law's tongue, or snake plant is a better name for that. Uh, that's a very low-light plant that uh, you can live get in your house to grow. So yeah, there are a number of these. Uh, pothos is one that's very easy, a vine-like plant that we've grown for years. But garden centers will be a great uh, help to you. There are a lot of them that will work. Yeah, good, good resource. Texter wants to know, are we too far north to grow pawpaw trees? Unfortunately, we are. Pawpaws are a native fruit to uh, Kentucky, kind of the middle Atlantic states, and uh, I think it's zone six where they're hardy. That's an amazing plant, amazing fruit. I've only eaten pawpaws uh, twice in my life, but they taste like banana custard. Oh, really? It's amazing. Ban- wow. Vanilla or banana custard, a very unusual fruit, extremely perishable, so you never see them in the stores. Oh. We uh, talked about microgreens at the start of the show. Texter now said uh, when you trim the microgreens with the scissors, do they regrow or do you have to start over? Usually they don't. Uh, they don't usually regrow. What will happen is some more, maybe more seeds will germinate, uh, and you might get elongation of the stem that's there, but usually it's one harvest. Is having wood mulch all around the perimeter of my house going to cause any problems such as insects? I've used cedar before and cypress. Uh, probably not. The, the, de- the mulch will be decaying. Uh, Usually the insects that will feed on that mulch and draw down, decay that mulch are normal soil 
um, decaying insects. So, no, not necessarily. I, I would not worry about that. There's a tool question, uh, hand tools. I need to do some pruning on our ornamental tree. Do you use a bypass or an anvil, would you think? Always a bypass. Oh, okay. Always, always a bypass. Always a bypass. Yeah, anvil is a is a, um, a kind of the blade hits a perpendicular angle. Anvil to me is not, I don't know why it was ever even created. <laughs> a by, a bypass is it. Bypass is, is the, the way to go. Yeah. All right. Texter says, we had a very low raspberry and blueberry crop last year. Was that typical last year? Do you think it was due to the harsh winter last year? I, I actually haven't heard anyone say that. So I, I it could be. you Plants could have been damaged from winter conditions. That's very likely. Could have been. Hopefully the, this year will be better. I hope so. Texter agrees with you. Obviously somebody has experience. No, tapping maples now will not give usable sap. Uh, trees bud based on solar time as well as temperatures. Drilling holes now is too early and could cause damage or close up before springtime sap runs. Patience makes the best syrup. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Good good uh, information from someone who's been doing it. That's what we need. Let's talk a little bit again. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I think we, we, we just got a text, and I don't want to leave somebody out here. I grew dahlias last year for the first time, and they were amazing, but I don't think they will last until 10-3. Oh, this is there's going to be a wedding at on, on, uh, October uh, 3rd. Um, oh. I'd love to grow flowers to use. Uh, do you think they'll, they'll uh, last until October 3rd? Dahlias. Okay, so dahlias do their best blooming in September and October. Ah. So, yes, I'd give it a go. All right. Well, we are just about out of time. Let's do two things. Let's remind our listeners of the great website you guys have. Extension.umn.edu and click on Garden. And the Arboretum. Arboretum, the last week of free admission at the Arboretum. Then next weekend, the flower show begins. And we had a caller that reminded you of something about, uh, uh, I can't remember what it was. Orchid Show. Oh, the Orchid Show. Yes, thank you. Como's Orchid Show is on this weekend. Oh, it's this weekend. This weekend, right now. All right. Yeah. And again, the Arboretum is still free. you got this weekend to get out to there. To get out there, take a walk. All right. Mary, always a pleasure. Thank you for thank all the you. help. Thank you. Pleasure at, to be here. Usual. Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.